the future of photography. Hello there, everybody, and hello there, Chris, my travelling buddy. How have your travels been? <laughs> oh, I've wonderful. I just returned from a week in New York, teaching teaching tilt shift photography of all things. Oh, you've got to love New York. Uh, it's a fantastic city, isn't it? It's it's fantastic, and ab- about after about one week, it is amazing to be able to leave it again because it's just, it's just you know I live in the countryside so being there is like very exciting lots of energy lots of lots of cool people and places and things you 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 can experience but then it's loud and it's it's always on so I like to sometimes turn off so after a week I'm like ah, okay that's about it yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's, I don't live in in a city either. I'm not quite out in the countryside, but uh, and uh, I used I, to live in cities, in various cities around uh, uh, in Germany, and I, I I once lived like four months in Dublin, Ireland, and also very very busy, but kind of different. New York is very different, and I love it, but uh, it yeah, <laughs> a week is about is about kind of my, my tolerance <laughs> level and then going home is a nice thing too. And you were working pretty hard as well, weren't you? So I'm guessing you were burning the candle at both ends and in the middle at the same time, as, as you, you probably should on a week-long trip to New York. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so doing tilt-shift photography is... Uh, is um, yeah, this is not the topic of this episode, but... Uh, it's not, but it is relevant. It is relevant, don't worry. It is relevant because... It relevant. Because if according to Canon, who are the the company who took who brought me there, and this is not a paid endorsement, but they uh, they have just recently invested in uh, bringing out three new tilt shift lenses, which are very specialized lenses. Um, they serve a lot of different purposes, but um, it they are far away from computational photography in that respect, because a tilt shift lens is a lens that does actual actually. Um, manipulate the path of light that comes into the camera so that's all stuff that happens before the light hits the camera and and it's it's very a very let's say non-digital kind of thing a tilt shift lens and bringing out three new of those is um it surprised me when they came out because yeah it's a real statement of commitment isn't it a very very uh strong statement and i'm I was happy because I've been shooting with tilt shift lenses for th- for almost ten years now, and Canon, um, yeah, they 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 found out about that and they they saw they saw that <laughs> I'm also an educator, you. and so they <laughs> they invited me to teach that workshop, which was uh, which was a great experience, um, fun to play with the new toys, great to be able to teach that specifically teach that to people. We did architecture, we did. Um, we did. Uh, we went to different places in New York and did some street photography there as well. Uh, handheld tilt shift photography, which, if you talk to like the in quotes serious tilt shift photographers, <laughs> would would tell you you have to do this from a tripod. But it is uh, it is it's fun to play with these and use them in different ways. And that yeah. that was one of the ma- main things about this workshop too make people more comfortable with uh, the concepts of tilt shift photography. So it was it was a, it was a brilliant experience and uh, I want to do that again. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. So this is relevant actually and it does uh, it's kind of setting the scene 
scene even for uh this week's show so this is a a special uh edition if in some ways it's not just the future of photography this week it's the future mm-hmm. of stock photography uh your last your last name is stock that hasn't doesn't have to do anything with that right <laughs> <laughs> Sadly not. No. Uh, yes, when you buy stock photography, all the money goes to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like all the money, all the money. <laughs> okay, so so future stock photography. What? Tell us a bit. Okay, about Okay, so so here, here's the thing, right? I mean, I think everybody's got uh, some level uh, of understanding of what stock photography is. You know, it is it is photography you can buy for commercial use, uh, and you can buy it uh, often um, these days, uh, royalty free once you've paid for it. Um, so, stock photography would be the photography I will see in an article in a, in a magazine on a website that kind of accompanies the thing. Um, or or very classical, like the business handshake kind of stuff. Yes, yes, and and, and actually, there's some stuff in the uh, there's some links in the show notes on this which which are right. uh, quite funny. But yes, so uh, photography that you can use for your uh, your work, you can use commercially for whatever mm-hmm. that might mean. Um, and and this is an industry uh, that, that those who, who uh, have uh, maybe a little bit more uh, exposure to it understand has been through some radical changes in the last 10, 15 years. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, 15, 20 years ago, of course, before the major rise of, of digital imagery, uh, you know, a, a photograph would sell for hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, now you can buy them for just a few cents. And so the industry has changed significantly. But it's, the, it's, one, been, it's been democratized, democratized along with photography itself. It has, it has, but it's got some, it's got some, uh, let's say it's got some challenges in its marketing as a, as a, as a concept as well, because, you know, the, of course, you know, uh, one of the, impacts of having lots more photography is that it's very much harder to find good stuff uh the the proportion of, of good photography um uh you know d- usable in in a commercial context of course is far smaller mm-hmm. uh, now that everybody has a camera in their pocket um so how do, how do you find this stuff and the other thing is is it often has a, a reputation that it can be Oh, well, for want of a better term, it could be really cheesy. Well, generic, <laughs> like, right? Generic, cliched. Yeah. Uh, it's the sort of stuff that makes you go, oh, really? Yo, could I? No, I could never use that. And, and uh, you know, to, the, to the point where uh, a little while ago, there was a, there was a Hollywood movie um, that actually uh, part of the promotion uh, for the Hollywood movie was uh, some spoof Uh, stock photography that they launched with with the with the uh, the cast. So I, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Unfinished Business at all. I have not. I've not. I, I haven't. No. What what I did know about it though, it stars Vince Vaughn amongst uh, uh, who is uh, at this point uh, a very well established comedic actor. Um, and uh, what they did as part of the promotion is they actually uh, developed uh, or, or or made a whole series of these uh, rather cliched office stock photos. Um, with uh, with the cast from the movie, uh, mm-hmm. and and they are hilarious. They do look terrible, and they're even doing things like deliberately looking not quite in the right direction and stuff like that. There's a link in the show yeah. notes for so that all the listeners can go and have a laugh. <laughs> Very cool. Um, but it's it's so so so. Um, question, right? Have you have you had a much use for stock photography? Have you had much exposure to it yourself? Uh, well, I, I do. I do um, several podcasts, and for some of them, I need like the the, the, the title photo on the web page. And um, while I try to uh, to take those from my own 
uh, database of images that I took. Uh, sometimes I don't, I can't find something proper or some, something that works for that. And I might go to a stock site every now and then to pick something out that kind of helps illustrate a concept. And that's, that's for me, that's what stock is useful for to illustrate concepts and to yeah, accompany things like my podcast. So uh, I sometimes do use pot, uh, stock images, but not too often. Not too often. Okay. Well, so one of the things that uh, is tricky is finding stuff that fits, finding good stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of the, all this stuff is keyworded and it, uh, and these days they have some algorithms in the background and stuff like that, but it's still, it's still tricky. Um, and in, for anybody who's got a, even a decent sized personal photograph collection, you know, when you try and retrieve something with a search, through that and it doesn't matter which tools you're using when you try and search uh, your your catalog of tens of thousands of photos you've taken over the last decade um that can be quite tricky to surface the right stuff as well it is uh, for me personally if you look at my own collection it it really comes down to me remembering when i took a certain photo which gets difficult if you're in the um almost 100,000 photos um Yes. So, so, so interestingly enough, if I look like on my smartphone on on the iPhone, um, that now has content analysis. So I can put in flower and I see, uh, and it shows me all my flower photos that uh, Lightroom, which I use as my catalog, doesn't do that yet. So it doesn't analyze the pictures themselves. So mm, yeah, I, it, it kind of rely, I, I have to rely on my own keywording. And of course, I don't keyword everything that's in a photo. And, uh, so, yeah, it's not always easy to find stuff. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to get easier. Right? Oh, really? And that is, the, that is the, you know, the, the future bit of today's thing about the stock photography or the technology bit is our good old friend, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Love, a, love, a bit of, love a bit of AI, especially if it can help you find stuff you need. <laughs> <laughs> when it can help me find my car keys, I'll be even happier. All right. but the, but the, so, so I'm going to talk today about uh, a company called Pond5, um, which is a, a stock photography uh, and stock. It actually does more than photography. It does video and it does music and it does uh, uh, special effects kind of things as well. Right. Um, but and this uh, is not a this is not a paid endorsement, right? It just is make, not a paid endorsement. Just making sure it's, we're talking about that company, but not uh, yes, not we because are. we're being paid for it. No, 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 not because we're being paid for it. Because Good. I think they're doing something really interesting using uh, AI algorithms to help people find stock footage that's going to work. And so, yes, they have what everybody else does, which is they have um, uh, you know keywording and stuff like that. That's that's all great. But they've launched some new search capabilities, and some of this stuff caught my eye, and I thought it'd be uh-huh. really interesting. So, so imagine. Uh, wait, I tell you what, you've just been to New York, right? So right. imagine you're walking along the High Line and. And uh, you see a great shot um, uh, and it's got uh, the Empire State Building in it. Um, I, I'm lucky enough to have been there myself. So I know there's a few spots along the High Line where you get a half decent view of the Empire State mm-hmm. Building, at least at the top of it anyway. Um, and... Uh, and you're, you know, you're, you're a you're a commercial photographer, um, and you know that some of these places actually you have to have uh, a licensed image to to use them the imagery commercially. Obviously, this is not uh, for for tourists, but for professional photographers who want mm-hmm. to, or who's anybody who has a commercial use for imagery. You know, buildings are licensed, views are licensed, and things like that. Um, imagine if you could just take a photo of that with your phone. Uh, and uh, send it to the Pond5 app 
and they will send you back a whole list of licensed images uh, and licensed video clips to use uh you know, uh, you know as close as they can to they'll they'll recognize the the thing that you're photographing they would recognize in this in this example they would recognize the empire state building um, they might even recognize where you're taking the image from um, and send you back a whole bunch of stuff that you could use and drop into your own commercial projects um fully licensed not having to worry about any of the rights on that, on that so so project. you'd be pretty much doing some scouting taking some snaps sending in them and get some professional work back yeah, yeah, you could wow. do that. Yeah, and 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 you know, all log to your account. So you take a snap of a shot uh, as you're as you're doing your scouting. By the time you get back to your office or your hotel room or whatever, those things are uh, ready for download on your laptop. Um, that could speed yeah. up production. Uh, that's the plan. <laughs> that's quite, <laughs> funnily enough. That's quite a, 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 one of the stronger messages in in their marketing of this yeah. of this capability. Um, and uh, it's it, yeah. It, uh, it, they they have other things that are are very relevant in the commercial world as well for for production and for post production. Um, in that uh, there lot lots of synchronization technology as well, which which I won't go into too much here because for me the, the the real thing that got me was about finding stuff. You know, um, I, I want to I want to have a photograph of I know the the Great Pyramid of Giza, or I want to have a photograph of the Brooklyn Bridge, or uh, the the Hollywood sign or whatever, something that I can use commercially. Oh, and, and you finding can... finding stuff is is pretty much the biggest problem because you have so many photos these days in the world. There's like billions of photos every day, so exactly and some of those things are easy to search for using search words if i was if i wanted to search for images of the empire state building i would probably type empire state building into the search engine you know that wouldn't be the first try yeah <laughs> that would yeah so but but sometimes it's not like that is it sometimes it's you know oh i want a street with palm trees on a wet down uh or uh i want uh, a, a, an old english sheepdog shaking itself as it gets out of a stream yeah those those kinds of things are yeah are, are slightly trickier to search for mm-hmm. um uh but the 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 difference here is that you're not searching using key you know, search words um keywords sorry uh, you're searching using imagery um you can uh, you can take anything off the internet when you use their web service you can take anything off the internet a photograph that you've taken something you've captured from a browser put it into their search engine and they'll return you products that you can use and uh, just to be clear, we, we had image search already. Google did that, but it wasn't across a catalog of uh, professional stock imagery or video. It was about, uh, it was, a, a, it was over their, their image search pretty much. So, um, putting that in a, in a business context, in a commercial context, uh, I find really interesting in this. It, it is. And do you yeah. know what? It actually works. You tried <laughs> I've, it? I've tried it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I tried it. I was really mm-hmm. intrigued when I, I came across this as a news article. Um, uh, and so uh, I actually... Um, what did you uh, search I, I for? I tried it. Uh, that's a good question. Um, what did I search for? I... I now you've got me. I stumped you. <laughs> you've stumped me. Yeah, I can't remember. This This was um, uh, a short while ago, and I can no longer remember what it is that I, I, I did. I think well, I you've, was... you've recently been in Italy. No, I know what I did. No, I know what I did. No, I do remember. Sorry. It was the it was some video that I shot 
when I was on my last visit to New York. Oh, enough. there we go. This is good. We should call this the New York show, shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, New York. Um, yeah, the when I was in New York uh, in May last year, May 2017, uh, I uh, shot family video and so what i did was i took a few of the uh the images from that uh, you know uh, i i took a video clip of the uh statue of liberty uh at sunset i took a a, a video clip of the uh i think the flat iron building um uh, and i put those in uh, and it was able to find uh stuff uh the right stuff um uh, and it's a bit uh, and and it had the most relevant stuff at the top so if i when i put in the uh, the statue of liberty i got the statue of liberty back but then further down it gave you started giving me other statues that might have had a similar outline and things like that so you know it's uh not not everything that came back was the thing but there was enough there that they could be confident i guess that they were giving me the thing that i was looking for so of of course that uh, this being successful uh entirely de well d depends on two things on their algorithm which seems to be working but also on their catalog because um you did this with a with a famous landmark and of course they have photos of that one um i just wonder if, if that would also work for yeah things that are kind of more obscure but i guess that's that comes down to trying it it's a really tricky balance isn't it because if the use case here is for commercially licensed images and footage mm -hmm. if you're in the fields in the middle of nowhere there probably aren't any licensing restrictions anyway well but then what you just said an, um what was it an, an irish sheepdog shaking its shaking water out of its fur that kind of stuff i could totally imagine being in there and that is not location relevant that's about what, what, what about a dog being in the photo so they had to be able to recognize a dog and water and these kind of things yes Yeah, and and uh, and uh, it's that you know in talking about saving money in production. I mean, there, there's there's a couple of uh, of YouTube links in the show notes, so so listeners can go and and, fit, and see more about it. But one of the examples is um, if I'm a if I'm scouting for a commercial shoot, and uh, I see an image, um, I uh, I could maybe uh, capture that, search on it, and get back, uh, let's say, a bunch of drone footage. Um, and you know the using stock drone footage uh, would save the production cost of getting a drone crew out and the licenses to fly uh, and the image rights as well so it could save quite a lot of money in production as uh, as well as post-production so you know uh, it could get you shots that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise even though sometimes it's, it's, it's not just about standing in the right place is it sometimes it's about being a hundred feet off the ground and stuff like that. and and I, i think we should we should pretty soon do a little update on the whole drone thing because i just got one and i'm amazed as, as to how easy it is to shoot with these things these days well so. if, if if you want to um if you want to Including the show notes, that uh, a YouTube link to that little uh, drone selfie that you, uh, you showed <laughs> the, me. Uh, my hello world video, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Then uh, by by all means, do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So stock photography, finding stuff, getting easier. Cool. It would be cool, wouldn't it? I'd love that. Um, uh, I don't do commercial work of that type myself, but you know, I could imagine um, at, at the right cost. In my case, probably no more than a, a couple of dollars. Uh, yeah, having a little bit of uh, scene setting footage from a drone at the beginning of a family vacation video to a 
uh, you know, to a known place, um, you know, because I don't have a drone and, and I'm not going to be taking a drone on family vacations. So uh, I, even as just as a, an enthusiast, an amateur, I, I could see that being interesting. Of course, yeah. Hmm. Well, there we go. What does it mean for the future of photography? It means it'll be easier to find. And that's a good okay. thing. Case closed. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> Wonderful. So that is it for episode 28 of the Future Photography. Thanks everyone for listening. And of course, as always, don't forget to let us know if you're interested in our in our uh, TFOP meetup. We're still, it's still not really fully planned out yet, but we have a link in the show notes that, uh, that you can use to indicate to us if you would like to do a little meetup somewhere in the UK. And um, yeah, I guess that's it. Until next time, take care everyone. Okay, cheers. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.